0: welcome to the skinny for friday december 8th i'm mitch perry the senior political reporter for the of phoenix and i'm joined today by my two co-hosts as always freelance reporter ben montgomery and creative loafing editor-in-chief ray roa good morning gents good morning to you mitch how you doing today good good happy december 8th um 43rd anniversary of the, the passing of John Lennon. And if you guys are probably too young to, uh, to be Lennon. around. <laughs> no, I'm just
1: kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
0: But uh, a seminal moment in American history, quite frankly, a very sad one, but also time to, to, to remember the great Beatle. Uh, and so we've got a lot on the, our plate today. Uh, we're going to be talking to a local entrepreneur later in the show about how he's faring the current Tampa Bay economy uh, and also some other stories that have been percolating this week in Florida. But first, we're going to talk about the issue that's roiling the Republican Party of Florida. Uh, with of course their chairman Christian Ziegler under fire after we learned last week that the Sarasota Police Department is investigating him on allegations of sexual assault Uh, Christian Ziegler denies the charges the story that has unfolded is that the woman that Ziegler was accused of uh, sexually assaulting previously we learned had a three-way sexual liaison with Ziegler and his wife, Sarasota County School Board member, and Moms for Liberty co-founder, Bridget Ziegler. Now, there have been calls up and down the Republican Party of Florida, from Ron DeSantis to Rick Scott to various county parties, including Pinellas County, uh, uh, Manatee County. They're all calling for Christian Ziegler to step down, Uh, but he has been defiant so far and says he's not going to do it. Uh, The executive board of the Republican Party is scheduled to meet next weekend and in Orlando decide his fate. So we'll have to see about that. And now there are calls for Bridget Ziegler to step down from the Sarasota County School Board. Uh, school Board Chair Karen Rose says she'll bring forth a resolution at the board's school board meeting next Tuesday, calling on them to remove her. She is the second school member to call for her resignation, following school board member Tom Edwards, who did so earlier this week. And is, uh, let's see here, do we have Mr. Edwards? Is he available for us right now? Tom, are you there with us? I am. Good morning. Hey, great to talk to you, Tom. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, So I guess the first question is, uh, you were the first person to call for Bridget Ziegler to step down now. Uh, As we have just relayed the uh, the, the information here, Christian, of course, is under a criminal investigation. Bridget Ziegler is not. So why should she step down?
2: Well, to be honest with you, I waited for several days before I called for her resignation because uh, school board members or um, should be focused on student achievement, uh, educational outcomes, the health and well-being of the school district. And as long as she sits on the board uh, with this uh, kind of salacious activity, uh, it's going to be a distraction. And uh, I'm tired of a year long, if not years of distraction from the Ziegler's and their policies. Uh, I really need for the school board to uh, move on and get back to the business at hand, which is why I called for her resignation.
0: Yeah, Tom, we know there's definitely been bad blood between yourself and the Ziegler's, who are a uh, power couple, conservative power couple down there in Sarasota. Christian used to, of course, to be on the uh, county commission. Uh, he's been a state committee man of the Republican Party. Bridget has really uh, become very prominent in recent years. And we should also mention, folks, that you are gay, and the Ziegler's uh, are known for having pushing a very aggressive anti-LGBTQ Agenda. Um, it has been reported that there have been uh, clashes between you and both ziegors Can you talk about some of those uh, incidents?
2: Well, you know, um, from the best I can tell, uh, that they were using uh, LGBTQ uh, bullying tactics to advance their their political climb, to advance their financial gain. Uh, and to assist the governor, quite frankly, with the cornerstone of his education policies, um, regarding parental rights known as the, the don't say gay law. Um, to me, I never took any of that personally. Uh, what the, what the real crime here is, is what it's done to children. Um, to attack, uh, the sexual orientation of students while they're discovering themselves, trying to figure out who they are um and and destroy their self-esteem and their self-worth uh in those formula of years those scars are going to be uh g- going with those children for a long time and that was my role uh unfortunately to protect our students not not just the lgbtq plus students but their friends uh they did the same thing to the black community with the crt and whitewashing black history so it's it's a political maneuver that um, we've seen through their public policies and through their attacks, that's harmful to children. And that's, again, why I've called for their for Bridget's uh, uh, resignation so that we can get back to doing what we're supposed to do, educate students.
0: Yeah, Tom, I know that in a recent Facebook post, uh, Bridget Ziegler had boasted about her successes over the past year. She recently stepped down as the chair of the board. She's still a board member, of course, uh, uh, there in Sarasota. She uh, talked about uh, some of her successes being terminating gender diverse guidelines and eliminating the district's equity policy. I, I take it that you disagree with, with, with those two particular uh, issues that she did.
2: Well, the, I want all students to feel welcome. Um, I, I, it's not just about the LGBTQ plus students, uh, 50%, nearly 50% of our, uh, population, uh, is at or below the poverty line. There are lots of issues in, in poverty-based, uh, uh, households and many things are inclusive, welcoming behaviors are, are essential for students' learning abilities. And it's, it's these kinds of things that have been harmful. And we're coming out of two years of COVID. They've, this, this same cabal of school board members, quite frankly, led by the Ziegler's, um, terminated a perfectly good superintendent. We have a terrific one in replacement, but it's still going to be another two years to get this superintendent up and running. So this constant distraction, this constant uh, 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 political drive away from what's in the best interest of students has got to change.
0: Again, if you're just tuning in right now, we're speaking with Sarasota County School Board member Tom Edwards. Uh, he has called for uh, Bridget Ziegler, his colleague here on the Sarasota County uh, School Board, to step down from her position there. Yeah, You just mentioned this, Tom, and that is the fact that I believe you got elected in 2020. Is that correct? That is correct. Right, right. And so it has been, uh, well, I guess that was the fall of 2020, so we were... In COVID at that point where things are really obviously in a very different situation than we are right now and, and we had never been before not only just in terms of society but also at the local school level and we've seen, uh, I know it's been going on down in Sarasota, we've seen it, of course, locally here in Hillsborough, Pinellas and throughout the, uh, the state, if not the country, where school boards uh, have now become much more politicized and Governor Ron DeSantis has certainly made that uh, uh, you know a, a singular issue for him. Uh, it certainly helped in his re-election drive last year, can uh, with these issues, whether it was the uh, the lockdowns or you know this wearing masks and all that. Tom, um, t- talk about yourself a little bit. I know you're a native New Yorker. Uh, how long had you been in Sarasota before you opted to run for school board?
2: Um, I've, uh, I've been in Sarasota now for uh, just under six years. I was here for a little under two years when I decided to run, I flunked uh, retirement and I thought uh, school board and using my business background and my business acumen would be a way to give back to community and and also, um, you know, have something to do that was considered part-time. I had no idea that I would end up uh, in the political storm that uh, was brought on by the culture wars. Um, but... Many people tell me all the time that the universe put me there for a reason, and uh, it's essential, as I've said, that to, to have students feel welcome and to have representation matters, and, and that's really why, I, why I'm there.
0: Yeah, I understand that you were you worked in the New York legislature at some point in your career?
2: Um, I had, um, frankly, uh, in, in also kind of boredom, I bought myself Uh, a New York liquor store and turned it into a wine and spirits destination, a retail environment. And uh, I put a a kitchen, a residential kitchen on the sales on the sales floor and did lots of uh, cooking demos with guest chefs and food and wine pairings. And it was a a lot of fun. Um, But then our governor at the time had decided to put wine and spirits into grocery stores and put out. Um, the local all stores in New York were owned by mom and pops they were all locally owned and uh, we called ourselves the last store on Main Street and and worked hard to let the legislature know that it was a mistake to uh, to do that and frankly um, I did a good job with that it's still locally owned it's not in uh, big box stores like it, it is here in Florida
3: hey Order. Tom oh go ahead Ben I was just going to ask, what are uh, what, what are people saying out in the cafes and diners about this? Is this the talk of Sarasota? Um, it's
2: sure, it certainly is, and it's um, it's my point of um, why the distraction has to go away. I think, as I as I mentioned to you, I, most everyone is upset about the hypocrisy, um, and to me, that's the low hanging fruit, um, and and I, I think people are ready. To get school board back to a a place where it's not in the news and it's not salacious and it's not uh, you know uh, the center of attention because that's how we became an A rated school district.
1: And Tom, uh, Mitch alluded to this earlier. Um, Karen Rose, an, an ally of Ziegler in, in many ways, and, and the agenda that Ziegler's put forward said she will present that resolution on Tuesday. Um, you know, in between yesterday and, and Monday, maybe what's your feeling on whether or not this could be resolved without a resolution um, before that? What are you hearing from inside? Um, or, or will it come down to a vote? And what do you think those votes look like?
2: Um, I have no way of knowing how my school board colleagues will will vote in this process. I appreciate very much that Karen Rose followed my call for for resigna- resignation and will uh, introduce this resolution. Um, it, it really is somewhat powerless, um, I, I, I want to point out, because uh, if she decides not to resign um, based on the resolution, there's no teeth to it. And uh, my concern is um, the governor is the only one that can really remove her, uh, and does he have the teeth to do that? I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, Are you surprised, you you know, we we know you've had your interactions with Christian, the fact that Christian Ziegler, uh, Ron DeSantis has called for him to step down, Uh, Donald Trump has not, but virtually everybody else in the Florida Republican world has told Christian, at least for the time being, as this investigation continues, and he hasn't. Um, What do you think about that?
2: Um, I, I, Kristen's not my lane. Yeah. Kristen often found himself trying to be in my lane. Um, and I, I found it to be offensive that, uh, you know, the, the spouse of a school board member felt, uh, that they needed to insert into our work. Uh, by the way, he's not the only spouse that uh, causes and dusts up all kinds of trouble. But uh, I, I, I really want to stay out of Christian's lane. Yeah. I think that the public should be aware that from a poli- purely political standpoint, I'm sure the governor does not welcome this kind of salacious activity or nonsense or newsworthy conversations while he's trying to secure the win in Iowa.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. Speaking about Ron DeSantis, he came out in February. He rolled out a list of more than a dozen school board members that he was targeting for defeat in 2024 because of, quote, woke ideologies. And you were on that list, Tom. How was that that for you when you you heard about that?
2: I found it to be one of the greatest gifts. Um, It gave me notoriety, and it gave me a platform to explain how horrible these policies were and how bad it is. And quite frankly, my, my community, people on both sides of the aisle have come to, uh, support, uh, my, my governance Uh, and they know I'm in it for the kids.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, and then by the way, so we should say that Bridget Ziegler has resigned from the leadership Institute, a nonprofit organization that trains conservatives. So that did happen, uh, I think yesterday, actually, that was announced. Uh, so, Tom, the meeting—what time does the meeting start on on, on uh, Tuesday?
2: Six o'clock.
0: All right, six p.m. Uh, Tom Edwards is a member of the Sarasota County School Board, and uh, we welcome him so much for coming on the air today. Thank you so much, Tom, for talking to us.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: All right. You know, so interesting, and and I know this wasn't a question for Tom. I still, my head, I still can't wrap around. I mean, the non-consensual stuff aside, which is wrong, but I mean inherently, what is wrong with having, you know that kind of sexual relationship between consenting adults, right. you know, and it's become such a problem for a party that has made it turn itself into well, something. And right. I wonder if we'll just get away from...
0: Well, that. that is the issue. I mean, that is, as you say, other than the actual uh, assault, which Christian Seeker which is incredibly serious. But, why, again, why is Bridget, you know, under fire, as it were, because... What Tom Edwards would say and others is that uh, these folks, yeah, participating, having a good time, whatever, you know, menage a trois, but this is the idea, party of— um, Not
1: every menage a trois is a great time either, I don't think. <laughs>
0: I, I, yeah. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not going to comment <laughs> on that, Ray Roa, but I'm going to say that, right, I mean, obviously people talk about the hypocrisy and yeah. and, and the, um, you know, the, the— the. I think centered fun- here is the
3: hypocrisy. Yeah. Tom kept yeah. trying to point to, you know— uh, the distraction that this is but it, but it's a distraction because of the hypocrisy when you set yourself up to be a certain type of person uh and then you're and then you're caught engaging in something that might fall outside the norm well that's not wrong morally if everything is consensual uh, it does center your your own hypocrisy. It's too. just so strange because
1: the order of the day in the GOP, it seems like in so many ways, whether it's you know LGBTQ topics or CRT and things like that, or even uh, the idea of big government, there is like this huge cognitive dissonance and level of hypocrisy that we've... And it's not the first had, time we've right. seen this at
0: all. Um, right. So it's making it a little more richer, if you will. But again, if it was a Democratic school board member who had never uh, made any issue about some of these issues about, you know, sexuality or the LGBTQ community, um, they still probably would be in some trouble, right? I mean, just the way our society is set up right now. There was a candidate in Virginia, I believe it was, uh, in this most recent election they had there last month, who I think there 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 was videos of herself uh, and her husband uh, in Congress, if you will, like, you know, on video. And she lost, uh, and that became a big topic because this is going to be, okay? I mean, you know, even the most advanced societies are like, and it's still, it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little controversial. So anyway, that has happened. And let's just uh, change topics for a moment here. Folks might remember last week at this time, I also mentioned about the Florida Democratic Party, and I've got some news about that, actually. So um, that is where the last Thursday was the deadline for um, the both parties, Republicans and Democrats here in Florida to name who are going to be on the presidential ballot for for all of us to vote on in March of next year. Our primary, you're all talking about Iowa, New Hampshire, Super Tuesdays in early March. Well, Florida votes after Super Tuesday on March 19th. Uh, and who knows if the Republican Party will still have a, a you know, a, a, uh, you know, a viable race going on. Uh, we do vote kind of later than a lot of other states. Uh, there will no be, there will not be any democratic race. In fact, there's not going to be. You, if you're a registered Democrat, you can't vote for president now. Why? Because uh, the Democrats said last week that because they only had one candidate, Joe Biden, that the part, the state law said that you don't need to have an election. Now, the controversy is that there are other Democrats running for president this year. They're not getting a whole lot of attention. Joe Biden obviously is the incumbent, uh, and the Democratic Party is mostly rallying around him. Uh, we, we no big candidates have ran. We've talked about that a lot in this program. Uh, but there are candidates. Dean Phillips, congressman from Minnesota, very serious about running. He's not doing very well in the polls. He's getting 3 to 4%. Marianne Williamson, you might remember from the 2019-2020 campaign, New Age author, uh, Southern California, never ran for office before. She is actually polling around 12 to 15 percent in several major polls, and you can look that up. Okay. So, but she's not on the ballot and she's not going to be on the ballot. And they are both uh, Dean Phillips and, uh, and Williamson and others are very unhappy about this. They're going to sue. And there's been a lawsuit filed in Tampa this week. I'm writing something about it. It would be on our Florida Phoenix website later today. Uh, Look, I don't know if these lawsuits are going to go anywhere, but people are upset that the democratic party is basically shut down any type of race here in Florida. Um, And so, you know, make of that what you will. Now, again, the party and I, Did a story on this last week, and they. this is the thing that's interesting, though, right, guys, is that they say that, hey, you know, our deadline was November 30th. You guys knew that or should have known that? What the candidates say is they were trying to reach out. They were given a phone number and email address for the last few weeks. Again, I don't know if this is right. This is what they say, and nobody— you know, got back to them. the Democratic Party on Wednesday, the day before this deadline, the Democratic Party reached out to them and said, hey, by the way, we um, the deadlines tomorrow, we haven't heard from you. You're not going to be on the ballot. So I asked Marianne Williamson that she had there was a conference call last Friday, Zoom call. Williamson was on the ballot in 2020. Right. So I asked her like, did you do anything different this time around than you did four years ago? Uh, And she goes, no, we did nothing different. Well, apparently the difference was she was in a couple of presidential debates, right? That were on television and everybody was talking about them. So she was a known candidate and their steering, their executive committee, I guess is they vote who gets to be on the ballot. And apparently, you know, four years ago, they voted, they knew this person, you know, so they voted for her. And this time nobody voted for her and nobody voted for Dean Phillips. And so what I was told was, Hey, our committee vote got together on October 29th, and we only vote, you know, the only people who got votes were Joe Biden, and that's that And that was the rules, and it's on the website. So I think they're going to get away with this in terms of, like, you know, there'll be lawsuits, but it, it's not going to change. Apparently, uh, the Secretary of State in Florida has until December 12th, which is next Tuesday, to put, officially put the names in. So that's why, you know, these lawsuits, if they're going to happen, they've got to happen now because uh, it's being much harder. But this lawsuit does involve Secretary of State. Uh, Cord Berg. So anyway, there was that. Also, folks Did who were listening to this program last week know that we had the three members of the Tampa Five on. Uh, those are the uh, women that were involved in a fracas uh, in the USF campus back in March. And they were looking at... Ver- they were they were charged with uh, assaulting an officer. There were some very serious charges there. Trespassing. and
1: Trespassing. Resisting an officer without violence. That misdemeanor. Uh, felony charges. Battery on law enforcement officer. Um, more battery on law enforcement officers. Subjected up
0: to 10, 11 years in prison. Yes. So Ray... That so when we were we left the air on Friday, you know they were very concerned. We were all talking about this. It, we was- were
1: talking about a trial, jury selection, uh, things like that, and really serious stuff. And then on December fifth, I, I walked into work, which is in downtown Tampa, and I glanced at my phone when my computer started up, and there was a live stream press conference, which I knew was scheduled, but here was the Tampa Five saying that uh, the charges had been dropped. So I ran out, go down there, as, and they the charges, they said, ha- had been dropped. So um, that's what they were is, talking Is it
0: contingent on them and doing And It something?
1: is contingent on, so uh, December 5th. Uh, Susie Lopez's office. That's the 13th district. The state um, attorney
0: here in Hillsborough County. Right? right.
1: So they're going to drop multiple family, f- felony and misdemeanor charges against these students um, if they fulfill various conditions, such as uh, 24 hours of community service. Basically, it's a misdemeanor uh, like diversion program. Must be completed um, I, in the afternoon. I had a lengthy uh Phone call with some folks from the state attorney's office, and they were very adamant that they had not dropped the charges. Right, yet, I saw your story. Would be, on that um, you know there would be that um, condition. What was interesting was is one of the
3: conditions an apology because uh, there will be no point. apology.
1: Okay. Um, now the press release from the state attorney did say that um, these five students—it's uh, actually four students and one campus worker. Um, Accepted responsibility um, uh, for that. The, the quote was five individu- individuals involved in the University of South Florida protests have accepted responsibility for the actions in March. It um, talked about the resolution. However, I brought that directly to the protesters during that press conference um, and um, her, her her Chris, first name, yeah, Chrisley Kirk. Yeah, Chrisley. Yeah. She straight up said the, fa- the claim that they've accepted responsibility um, is a lie. Her quote to me, not only are we not pleading guilty, we're not doing a no contest plea. The charges are being dismissed. We just have to meet these terms for a year to do a misdemeanor in this program. And then uh, she went on to say, we were never guilty of anything except doing the right thing, which we're proud to say students all over the country are doing. They've been lying from day one. They're going to continue to demonize and lie about protesters. And the fact of the matter is they're on the wrong side of things. So it's a really interesting, you know, development here, especially in the context of an election Uh, that's that's coming up. For Susie Lopez, who will have to run for the seat, to which he was appointed after uh, the governor suspended Andrew Warren. And, you know, we still haven't heard from Andrew on this. So you would think no. Andrew would probably—I don't know if he would have gone forward with this case. Either. Right, we don't know that. We
0: don't know that, and it'll be interesting if he actually now. So doesn't
3: sound like something he would have pursued, right, right? Because
0: he didn't prosecute some of the George Floyd riots, right? And that's what got him on the wrong side of Tampa Police Chief uh, Brad, former Chief Brad Dugan and some law enforcement yeah, people. Yeah, but because he did—he did go after Jamie did. Bullock. No, he did. Yeah, he a yeah. selective on that. Yeah, as they say, prosecutor discretion. And that is interesting because Andrew Warren, who we who has filed to run for re-election, re- I guess, as it were, because he was elected in 2020 uh, against Susie Lopez. Uh, he's laying low right now. Uh, obviously, we're in January next, you know, a few weeks from now. And if, if he's going to be running, we're going to know for sure. I mean, he's li- officially listed as running. We know his campaign. People said, well, he's not really sure. He's putting his name out there. Well, we'll know pretty sure. And speaking of Andrew Warren, if we can segue now to um, uh, another state attorney, Democratic state attorney who Ron DeSantis suspended, uh, that is Monique Quarrell over in Florida's ninth judicial circuit, which is Orlando area, Orange County, Osceola County. Uh, DeSantis suspended Warren in 2022 in August. In 2023 in August, he suspended Worrell uh, and basically said she was not doing her job. And he was much more specific in terms of uh, charges that he said that she wasn't um, doing in office and and, and basically not keeping the community safe. So anyway, as we uh, as people know, we've talked about the Andrew Warren case over the over the time since that happened. Um, Andrew Warren, of course, went to federal court, uh, not state court. And he, quote unquote, won in federal court. If you if you consider what what the judge wrote, which he says that Ron DeSantis violated his uh, constitutional rights, but nevertheless, the judge said this is the wrong court. I can't really help you. Uh, you need to go to state court. And so Andrew then went. And the, the Florida Supreme Court said it's basically too late now. Now Andrew Warren's um, appealing that in the federal level, but doesn't look great there. So, but anyway, so I watched the there's this this past I think was it was Wednesday, there was oral arguments in the Florida Supreme Court about Monique Worrell. So they get, you know, 20 minutes to each side. And the attorney for Monique Worrell basically said Ron DeSantis he, he's a, he's a, he's okay. He's allowed to oppose her, to support her opponent, to criticize her policies, but he is not allowed based on what she's doing in office to fire her, basically. Uh, and so that was the crux of her legal argument. And, you know, I couldn't really tell. I know people who follow the court well could say, oh, the justices who were asking these questions, you know, I can kind of tell where they're going with this. I couldn't because he also you know, presented some very uh, tough questions for uh, that attorney, but also for the, uh, the attorney because basically the attorneys for Ron DeSantis say, throw this case out. You guys, this is not up to you. Um, the way the law rules is that it goes before the Florida Senate for a trial where they decide on the case that the governor makes – whether, you know, the findings are there that she is, quote, unquote, you know, guilty of of not fulfilling her duties in office, of neglect of duty, which is what he's challenging or what he said is, you know, is it the Constitution where he's allowed to remove her? So it's going to be very interesting how this court rules on that. Yes, this is, it's a conservative court, but this is a, a very seemingly I don't know, cut-and-dry decision whether the, the governor has the power to do this?
3: Garrett Feinow uh, reported this morning for Politico that the court was equally skeptical about a push from lawyers representing DeSantis seeking a ruling that would wipe out future legal challenges to his suspension powers. Um, Gary's been, you know, in Tallahassee for a long time. 30 while. years, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, but it shows that they're, they're, they're sort of skeptical about both sides. Cause I understand that they, they attack right. the rail side as well.
0: Right. So, so right. So if they're skeptical on both, I mean, you would think that, well, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know how to think where they're going to come down. But again, she has also filed to run for reelection, uh, like Andrew Warren has. And so if she doesn't get her job back, you know, the next couple of months, she will run again. I, uh, we know that the, both these counties are becoming a little more redder, but they're still democratic leaning counties so I don't know I think that it's going to be you know fascinating in both those cases certainly we'll following here in Tampa with Andrew Warren if he if he runs again if he commits to running again about how he'll fare with all of this and and how does that play out with Ron DeSantis who likely will still just be the governor of Florida at this time you know next year how how he's gonna deal with that.
3: <laughs> would you see would you see him uh, taking the same action on day That's, one again? You know, as soon as they're uh, right. I, I I think that'd be insane,
1: but um I guess he could But what's in, there's no more threshold for what's insane or possible, <laughs> I think, any more than the political discourse. And by right. the way, if you are trying to text us or emailing us, we are doing our best. We got like a little glitchy screen. Um, texts are going to eight one three four three three zero eight eight five. You can also email DJ at WMNF.org or call in eight. 813-239-9663. And we've got our guest
0: coming up am just a couple of minutes here. Uh, but but by the way, uh, Ray, we've got a, yeah, Bob from Largo writes, uh, talking about the situation with the Democratic Party. He says, So now I'm uh, I'm getting Joe Biden thrown only at me. I might as well uh, pass on the presidential primary option. Well, I to think. To that
1: point. What, what, let's say they don't get uh, abortion on the ballot. What is going to drive Democrats or left-leaning people to the polls this year if it's just Joe Biden versus Trump?
0: Yeah, good, great point, Ray. And I think, by the way, they've got officially – the folks who are trying to get that on the ballot, it's going to be really close. Okay, They came out, I think, recently and said they've got 629,000 signatures, I believe, something like that. They need to get 891,000 approximately. They've got till February 1, and so we're in middle of December almost, um, six weeks, seven weeks away. It's going to be harder, the holidays, you know, to, to do that. And they've also got to get them, it's not just say you get 891,000 signatures, you've got to get them a, an X amount of uh, congressional districts. And there's always so many, like, I mean, I'm sure they they maximize. I've seen them in Pinellas, you know, for months and months. So they've got to go with someone more, maybe some more conservative. Although, as we've learned with the stuff with the abortion issue, uh, it's it's it is bipartisan opposition throughout the country in terms of what the Supreme Court did. But but I think to your point. Uh, it's no guarantee this is going to get on the ballot because it's going to be very they still can do it I'm not saying they're not going to be able to get the signatures but then you've got to get to that conservative Florida Supreme Court where Ashley Moody has put down these arguments really intensely um, on that okay one more subject and then we'll get to Roberto Torres who's our guest in studio hi Roberto hope you're not uh, we're keeping you entertained here
1: Roberto's a coffee guy so he's still awake you know yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so okay
0: one other thing I want to talk about which is the debate that was held there was a Republican presidential debate maybe you don't know about maybe you don't care it, it was on News Nation which I watched it Oh, did you, Roberto? Okay, oh, yeah. all right. Roberto Chappie in here. So Roberto <laughs> T- Torres, our business, uh, our guest here. I'm glad to see you here, uh, Roberto, talking about the did you So you, what do you think about the debate? So
4: first of all, thank you so much for having me, Mitch. And Great.
0: we should say Roberto Torres Great. is the uh, owner of Blind uh, Tiger Cafe. Uh, and also, what else do you have? Blue Denim?
4: Uh, a black and denim apparel company and Blind Tiger Coffee Roasters. Okay,
0: we'll get into, the, into your companies in a few minutes, but so yeah, you watched the debate, the four Republicans running. Um, your
4: your thoughts? First of all, as a non political affiliated voter, yeah, NPA. NPA um, I thought that it was interesting that they, they, they were more interested in attacking each other, ignoring the elephant in the room, which is Donald Trump, and not having the decency or the or, or, or the courage to. To to try to up, uplift or at least agree in in, in specific policies, they're, they're they were more interested, like I said, trying trying to un, understand or, or 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 perhaps tear each other down. I mean the the, the uh, Ramaswamy, I think it's his yeah, name. Vivek. Yeah, Vivek. Um, he's just a total joke. Yeah, no, no, nobody, nobody. I know how
0: obnoxious him. can he be? Serious. He wrote literally yeah. a, a piece of paper: Haley equals corruption. He's trying to become a meme.
1: Yeah, it I dumb? think he is a meme already. And, is as, he? and as as uh, as Mitch and, and uh, Skip set up the, these clips here, my question, as an NPA, why even subject yourself to tuning into that uh, debate? Well, but can, well, wait a
4: minute, though. Ray. No, no no, I, no, no, I'm wondering, okay, like, as
1: why, knowing what it is at this point, there's already been I don't know how many debates. Why did you still tune four, in last night? Four,
4: and I've watched every single one oh, of them. Man. Because I do want to vote for somebody that is going to, relate to as many ideas that, that, that I am. So, for example, uh, I'm an immigrant from Panama. Uh, I'm Catholic. Uh, I'm an accountant. So I'm fiscally conservative. So 99% of that, they will say that I fill in this box of a Republican. Mm-hmm. But but the reason that I turn into this MPA status is because I, I I truly wanted to figure out which is the candidate that I can agree more that I can disagree less. And that's really what I'm looking for. Um, if And I say this all the time. If if voting for Mitt Romney would have stopped Donald Trump from existing, uh, and, and, and Barack Obama wouldn't have a second term, that I would have gladly done that because at that point it, it didn't matter who the choice was. I mean, obviously one was after abortion, the other one was after you know democracy or healthcare. Then I would have done that. But but mm-hmm. but but this is not the choice here. And 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 on the other side, I I've, I've, I've follow that a lot of Democrats are, are really upset, or I guess. Not truly believing that, that, that the president's strategy, his, his, his own strategy at whatever, however many years old he is. 81. Is that, is that he wants the run to be about the soul of America, about, about defending democracy. And, 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 and he said that he proved that when he ran the first time. He, he said that he proved that the, the, in, in these midterms, that, that that's exactly what he's doing. And he believes that that's the correct strategy for this time around. So we're going to go to, let's go to a
0: cut for the debate. This is actually, you mentioned, uh, Roberto, about the elephant who wasn't in the room. Uh, and Chris Christie mentioned that as well, about, how, about 15 minutes, in, 17 minutes in the debate.
5: Respectfully, Governor, you have not stopped, Mr. Trump. And voters may wonder how you could possibly become the nominee of a party that does not appear to like you very much. Well, look, Megan, um, it's often very difficult to be the only person on the stage who's telling the truth and the only person who is taking on what needs to be taken on. I, I look at my watch now. We're 17 minutes into this debate, and except for your little speech in the beginning, we've had these three acting as if the race is between the four of us. The fifth guy, who doesn't have the guts to show up and stand here. He's the one who, as you just put it, is way ahead in the polls. And yet I've got these three guys who are all seemingly to compete um, with Voldemort, he or shall not be named. They don't wanna talk about it. The fact is that when you go and you say the truth about somebody who is a dictator, a bully, who has taken shots at everybody, whether they've given him great service or not over time, who dares to disagree with him, then I understand why the thieves three are timid to say anything about it. Maybe it's because they have future aspirations. Maybe those future aspirations are now, or maybe they're four years from now. But the fact of the matter is, the truth needs to be told. And for us to go 17 minutes without discussing the guy who has all those gaudy numbers you talked about is ridiculous.
0: And actually, I will say again, that was Chris Christie on the debate Wednesday night. Uh, is that there was probably more questions a little later in the debate on Trump and Megyn Kelly when the moderator said, we're going to do this and we have to do this because the man is winning by 30, 40, 50 points in every national and state poll. Uh, And he's also leading Joe Biden in many polls now 11 months away from the general election. So America, take it very seriously. Uh, And so, okay, so we'll get back to that. By the way, I just want to say, Chris Christie, we have another, we may play in a few minutes. Um, I just thought it was his finest hour because Chris Christie is not going to become president, and no. uh, not this time around, and maybe not ever. His best time. You mentioned Mitt Romney, uh, Roberto. Uh, people will think, say that back in 2012, when Chris Christie was in his first term as governor, it was probably too soon. Uh, nowadays, it's not considered too soon if you've only been in office for a few years. But nevertheless, uh, you know, he wasn't considered his time yet. But I remember he came down here and spoke at the Tampa convention or RNC in 2012. People criticized him because they said he talked too much about himself and not about the nominee Mitt Romney. Uh, but uh, but then, you know, came Bridgegate and then came, you know, uh, he, he left a lot, a lot, with a lot less luster uh, and that's why he struggled in the 2016 campaign and he's, and he's he's just out of step with his party right now and criticizing Donald Trump. I think one of the reasons the other Republicans, like Ron DeSantis, look, DeSantis has, has criticized Trump... Significant amounts, maybe not all the way enough for people, but you know why he can't? Why? Because that pool of voters that he needs are Trump people, and 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 it's a fine line. Chris Christie doesn't care about the Trump people, the voters, so and that's why he's not going to win because he's like, screw you guys, you know, and that never Trump element is not enough. But Roberto, let's talk about you know you mentioned Biden for a minute as a businessman. I wanted to get here because you just okay you. How many businesses do you have now here in Tampa? Uh, uh,
4: seven stores in Main Street, and we have seven stores in the airport.
0: Wow. So you are, you're, you're thriving and, and uh, yeah, no. How, and how what's the secret of your success? I mean, I saw that I was out on 7th Avenue this morning, coming in, picking up my copy of Logaceta, And I saw that uh, you're now, you know, have a bigger, like a warehouse type of oh. venue down there on 7th Avenue. You moved out of your old place there just a little yeah. bit away. Uh, so you're doing well in a tough economy, at least in terms of people with inflation. Because uh, I think that's the number one issue, which is dogging Joe Biden. How's it affect you as a businessman
4: in terms of like the products you have to purchase? The like. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm 198 years old. That's the truth. I'm kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, I, I think first of all, um, I have an accounting and, and finance degree from the finest Florida State University. Which I, I heard that we're going to have a, a, a six-hour segment later. Oh, you're about bitter how we or I, about I, this no. You guys get old. to just
1: play US, UCF <laughs> and something. <which laughs> <be really> <laughs>
4: <laughs> but um, but uh, I, I think the accounting and the finance degree did help uh, uh, to try, try to figure out and navigate. The, the, the political climate. I have, I have a, a very tight-knit group of um, advisors that do, when, when COVID hit, I asked them for their 2008 uh, financial meltdown playbook. And, 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 you know, it's uncharted territory still. Still now we're reading after the effects of, of, of COVID-19 and, and the effects of our economy. And, and for somebody that might not care to hear this, the governor kept the state open. He uh, might, might have done it. It did the right way. Some people might say, or, or, or the most safer way to protect every single citizen or, or the constituency for the state. <clears throat> but that's where we're ahead. Um, yeah, you know the the what, what I believe is, is 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 the most discerning thing is that uh, pe- people are looking for. For for markers in the economy to to say whether inflation is a real thing or not, or whether the recession is coming, um, you know, th- those are real, and we see them every day. We we see people that come in, order a latte, five bucks. Don't don't, don't even care about adding oat milk, uh, sweetener, make uh, supersize it, or or getting another muffin, or other people come in and get a drip coffee black, and 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 and, and that dichotomy uh re- really speaks volumes of perhaps going to dinner on a saturday night which you can get a table at any restaurant nowadays and that's a that's that, that to me that's insane because you know on 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 an average holiday season you can't get a table but mm. but but now it's 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 a little slow it's a little soft
0: you're in ebor city we've talked about this right. a lot of course there was the recent murder um you like obviously you're 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 very happy I think you yeah know, being yeah. down there but then again you're you're a coffee shop so you're not uh, you know what time do you close at night because close at eight o'clock yeah see so you know, I always think after midnight is whenever right. anything and mm. it's only on usually weekends and I think kind of terrible happens. So what's your thoughts about these?
4: This has the- always been the, the, the knock to Ibor. I moved here in 2006, and I opened my first business in Ibor City in 2013, and and we get great at what happens on Friday and Saturday between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. Um, but 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 people don't see everything else that happens. And I used to live in Carolwood, so whenever I said that I have a business in Ibor City, they say, I don't want to get stopped, sorry.
1: Yeah, um, right, the so,
4: perception. So, 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 so that idea that perhaps what happens in the district is because the district is quote unquote rough. They they don't have an opportunity to, to, to go experience it for themselves. And 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 I think the entire community as a whole is changing that that the, the, the dynamic. I mean, what Richard Gonsman does, what the Chamber does, what uh, Derek Shaw is doing, and, and every single business owner that has had a business for either one month or 10 years. I, I think everybody's pitching in, and, and, and it's a very close-knit community. Aside from South Tampa, where we have another business, West Chase, the two malls, uh, downtown. This is the one where, where I know every single business owner around me, and, and we can have a conversation about anything, regardless of what political affiliation they are or, 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 or what social issues they, they, they follow.
1: And a couple of questions kind of related. Uh, Mitch, you mentioned that after midnight, and yesterday in the uh, city council meeting, Tampa City Councilwoman Lynn Hertek mentioned that, you know, in between midnight and 3 a.m., there is a lot of um, economic activity that happens. There's a lot of people who are making the nut of the rent um, at, at that night, and, and for the most part, most, or if not all of it's good, right? Like, right. Right. Um, right. Um, in Ebor, let me ask you a couple questions. The first one: How is business even in in the daytime? From what I've heard colloquially and talking to people, it has slowed down a little bit since that late October um, incident.
4: Yeah. So I I think for for us. We always try to look at what happened last year, and the last year was inflation coupled with pent-up demand. So so last year was has been a total outlier. So so now we're, we're bringing it one year before, to 2021, and that's where we're comparing it. So for us, business is like about 15% up from what it was two years ago, but it's definitely down from what it was last year. So, mm. so tr- trying to understand and then trying to gather data, at, at the same time as... You know, this is the time where we're supposed to kill it until right on, the holiday season on, 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 until uh, Easter, right? The season happens from right. Thanksgiving to Easter. Uh-huh. That's when everybody flies. That's when everybody comes visit. That, that's and then it slows down after Easter up until Thanksgiving next time. But um, you know, our airport business we have seen record numbers. I mean, we we, we saw eight hundred and ninety thousand passengers in the week of Thanksgiving alone, um, and 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 business is good.
1: Let me ask you this too. Mitch alluded to like economic, mar- or you said something about economic markers. Locally, I think it was over the summer, Jeff Finnick announced that he was, uh, gonna sell his interest in SPP, right. uh, strategic property partners, um, this, this project that they have going with Bill Gates. Um, locally, you are plugged in with every business community. I know you've served on boards, young leadership councils, things like that. What happened? How much of a surprise was that to you, you and your cohort and those various entities? And was that some kind of a signal? People talk about that like, yo, Jeff Finnick was the god for a right, while, right? right? And now he's gone.
4: I think, I think, I think for him, and, and I'm totally speculating because I'm, I'm not plugged into him or his office or his family office. I think, I think for him it was a trade. He's a trader. Uh, he's a business person, so uh, this is a trader with a D E R, right? Right. O-I-T-R-O. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so okay. uh, I, I, I think for him, he just saw it as a business trade. I mean, Mark Cuban just did it. He he bought Mavericks for you know pennies in the dollar, and now he saw his his the the, the majority stake still have right. He still owned part of the team, right? The operations not, for yeah. three and a half billion dollars, and, and and he probably says, okay, I have more time to spend with my kids and my grandchildren. I wanna go ahead and do that now. So, so you know.
1: Yeah, so nobody was kind of alarmed or-, or no, no,
4: no, 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 no. I, I I know everybody up and down, the Strategic Property Partners um, uh, organization, and, and, and they see it as this allows them the opportunity to be more connected with the folks from Cascade yeah. uh, and, and, and develop further opportunities.
0: We're so, speaking sure. with Roberto Torres. He is, of course, a Tampa entrepreneur in studio with Ben Montgomery, Ray Rowe and myself here on The Skinny here in WMNF.
3: Um, so you are- if you want to call in, uh, feel free, give us a ring at 813-239-9663 or send an email to DJ at WMNF.org to let your voice be heard. Hey, Roberta, let me ask you something about, you know,
1: Ybor City and, and the people that you have a lot of businesses 14 essentially so that's yeah. a lot of people working for you uh, when you talk to the people that work for you what do they talk about when they talk about the things that that, that uh, drive them and their decision making maybe in the election or even in general in life just just to try to kind of make it what's life like for the people that work for We're you um, do yeah, yeah 7
4: hours yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um affordable housing is the first and foremost rent is extremely expensive yeah. and 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 you know Having having uh, three months rent for an apartment that starts at nine hundred bucks a head, it's insane, right? So if you're renting a three bedroom, that's twenty seven hundred bucks. Not not we're not talking about electricity, cable. We're not talking about water or light. We're not talking about having a car or gas to live within this the the, the urban core, the, the the city core is extremely expensive. Otherwise, you have to go to West city Chapel or Rico Fish Hog, Brandon. Uh so so those are for, first and foremost is is affordable house and it's and and they look at me for advice and say hey you know i have I have three roommates, and i'm we're renting a house, but the house is thirty two hundred bucks and it's falling apart so so before and and I've gone to other places like for example Asheville and see the Biltmore I I couldn't understand how this guy in the outskirts of his ridiculous estate he has all these like employee quarters but that it totally makes sense I wanna I wanna buy an apartment complex so I can house my own people that's how insane this is but so so to, to trying to navigate that because people talk about inflation inflation markers the the Fed chairman has this ridiculous 2% as uh, a uh, number that he wants to hit and right. i think he's like they're like oh in in, in, in inflation uh, dropped from 4.1 to 4.0, which is insane. That's, you can barely feel that. Right. I mean, uh, again, rents were, we're, were going up, yeah. you know, it, overnight, 600 bucks, and say, hey, today is the 15th. On the first of next month, you have to go up. The fact that the
0: high interest rates and inflation, I think, could bring down Joe Biden next year for president. Yeah.
4: yeah flat yeah. out. Which is, which is something that people understand that presidents cannot control gas right. prices or the they economy. Should, yeah. It's insane.
0: And they think it was better under Donald Trump, which it technically was whether um, right. he had anything to do with it is a but different story.
4: But all those tax uh, breaks are set to expire here within the next two years, and, and we're, now we're going to see the, the 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 real effect. And you know what it was? Nikki Haley said it in that uh, debate, it was nine trillion dollars. That's how much out of the thirty-three trillion that we are in debt for national debt. He the, ran the, nine the tr- nine trillion yeah. in four years. It's
0: right, and Roger DeSantis, you know, acknowledges that. Um, so another thing that was a big deal after the co after the pandemic for employers was, and we still hear it now, a labor shortage, a worker yeah. shortage, yeah. and especially, you know, if you're working maybe at a coffee shop or you know you're only going to make so much money. Places like the restaurants really having a hard time keeping employees. What's right. it, what's it been like for you?
4: Tip tip wage employees, which we don't hire, are like at seven or six fifty seven bucks. We start, uh, oftentimes, if, if you're completely green, we start at 13, 14, because you know, we have to be able to compete. Uh, if you have some sort of experience, we do 15, 16. So, so the whole idea of 15 bucks an hour or minimum wage for the state, which is 12 currently, and is set to go up at 13 September right. next year, we, we just don't even look at that anymore because we already know that 15 is the standard, is is the goal marquee. If you want to compete for real talent, and we just go up from there. So somebody could be making... $15, 16 bucks an hour, plus another six or eight bucks per hour uh, in tips. So that's twenty five dollars, and they're still not be able to meet their daily expenses or their rent and everything else. So when you think about a twenty five dollar an hour, let's say thirty five, you know, uh, hours a week, that's forty two thousand uh-huh. dollars. And 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 when I came out of school with two degrees, that was making forty eight. That was in two thousand and two. It was twenty twenty one years ago.
0: How long, you're from Panama originally. Yeah. What, what got you to Florida?
4: how that happen? Uh, my dad thought that he would get a discount if he sent his fourth uh, son <laughs> to Florida State. And that wasn't either the truth or correct. So so my, 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 my three older siblings had gone to Florida State. So, so oh, I didn't wow. get a choice in the matter. So so, But I went there a little Inflation. That.
1: That's why you didn't yeah, get yeah. a
4: discount. <laughs> Which, okay, so at the time, Florida State. I remember paying thirty-five bucks an hour per credit hour, but I had to dial like the payphone in order to like you know enroll for classes or whatever. <laughs> which is that's how old I am. But <laughs> but but now a, a, a state college degree it could be anywhere between twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars a year. That's one hundred and twenty thousand dollars for a degree. That's insane. It what is you,
0: lower d- down here in Florida than in other, right, other places, though. Right. They, they they boast about that. What I think sometimes the you know, the state they want to raise it a little higher. And that higher. is cheap, correct? Yeah. Yeah. because
4: you know a state school in St. Massachusetts or New York is a hundred thousand right. dollars per year. Um, you know,
0: and that's uh, a whole different story, by the way, about yeah. like really seeing if, if what people, are uh, conservatives are kind of leading this movement. But it makes sense, like they're looking more like USF. By the way, they changed their journalism program in Tampa years years ago. Now it's the um, Zimmerman, you know, it's more like advertising. Of mass advertising communications, right? right, right, right. right. Yeah, because it's tr- in a way, it's like how many people are getting jobs, and that we pe- young people still are, but it's like it's such a hard field, and there's more looking at like what are people paying for what they're getting when it comes to journalism, and, and based
1: Correct. on what's going to be allowed to be taught in Florida school who knows
4: what that, that degree is going to be? Well, um, that, 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 that's right. When, when Risk Car was governor, people were knocking him for saying like, "I want these ten thousand dollar degrees," but 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 that kind of breaks breaks the uh, the or, or breaks it up a little bit, right? You can say, "Hey, you can you can be a tradesman, or you can do inspections, or you, or you can try to figure out if there's any any anything in the space of like uh, uh, plumbing, electricity, or HVAC, which is the trades that I." are more familiar with whenever we try to do construction for our stores um you know so trying to figure out also how how much you know free will if every single republican governor in florida wants to drill 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 how about we like try to approach solar or renewable energy or or try to expand training for those so 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 that we can get more people hooked up with that i think California does a really good job at that
1: we have you here um 14 businesses, I don't know how much free time you have, but you do interface a lot with elected officials and decision-makers in town, and you have a lot of employees. How often are you able to get in the ear of elected officials and decision-makers and kind of be a squeaky wheel for your employees and talk about affordable housing? And how confident do you feel about uh, policymakers in Tampa and their ability to make a dent or make a difference for people like your workers right now?
4: Everybody understands that people want to come here for the weather. However, that's not just the only thing that we can market ourselves, hang our hat and say, Oh, it's nice here. So driving economic development, it's absolutely the thing that we need to try to focus on, right? It's, it's the creation of sense of place. And whenever we're trying to recruit Fortune 5000 companies to come to Tampa, we get a ding on transportation and we get a ding on education. So, so in order to fix that or, or, or to make it more, uh, appealing for a lot of those companies that are thinking about relocating anywhere between 50 to 300 employees from from any other place in, in, in the country. And they want to say they're going to come here. They're going to say, where are we going to live? Where are they going to send their kids to school? And, and how are they going to get there? And, and, and not having mass transit is a total knock. Mm. Uh, within the urban core, you know, a, a, a lot of these charter schools take away from. Uh, resources from our public school system, which which is decimated, and 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 I've talked to uh, uh, Van, which is the new uh, superintendent for Hillsborough County Public right. Schools, and 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 he has a real plan and and, and, and a real focus. He's born in Hillsborough County. He's from here, uh, born and bred. So so he understands what is it that needs to happen in order to to meet that deficit. Mm.
0: Yeah. Okay. So again, we've only just got, we've only got a few seconds left to go. Marta. We should have had you on here earlier, <laughs> uh, but we can bring you back again. Definitely. Um, uh, well, so quickly on, uh, immigration. Uh, I know that's one of the things you also care about. Um, uh, in 20 seconds, fi- figure it all out. But yeah. you know, it's interesting. The Republicans are trying to make this an issue with, with funding for Ukraine and/or Israel sure. right now. So, yeah. and and Democrat, and this we're going to see what's going to happen because Joe Biden. We don't. We're not feeling it here in Florida, but uh, it's a crisis in New York City and Chicago and other places where undocumented immigrants are coming up there um, and
3: testing the system. Yeah, can you training training the system that in when the, mayor,
4: when the mayor of New York City is going to other countries in South America to tell people, "Don't come." Yeah, that's insane. Our vice president has met with 100 head of nations in, in around the world talking about don't come. So we have a real crisis in the border because we have all these people that are navigating from Colombia all the way up to Central America to get to Texas so they can come in. I think 1986, Ronald Reagan, Amnesty, he changed the life of 3 million immigrants. We can do the same thing with 11 million. All right.
1: right. That's going to be it. Yeah. that sp- You're listening to WMNF
4: Tampa. This has
1: been the skinny, the skinny. On behalf of Skip Sassy on the board, Irene on the phones, Mitch Perry to my left, Ben Montgomery and Roberto Torres. Please stay tuned for the hostess who loves you the most. is Joellen Schilke on Art in Your Ear. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week.